Welcome to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and guests unveil astrology's ancient archetypes that continually build the collective experiences in our unconsciousness. Get ready to find your free will from your roots in the stars. Hello, this is Sue Rose Minahan with Talk Cosmos. And tonight is September 21st, 2019, and this show repeats this coming Thursday in the morning at 6 o'clock in the morning, and that's the 26th. Tonight's subject, we are in the archetype of Virgo, the sixth sign of the zodiac, and it's still underneath the horizon, as we say, is where we develop ourself in that final time before we meet and greet the other person above the horizon. But because we're so close to a very spectacular time of our calendar year, the autumnal equinox, there's two equinoxes, and that means equal light, where at that moment, the sun and the shadow of the light is equal in the day. And the degree is zero degrees Libra. And that was, or will be rather, in a few days on September 23. And here in Pacific time is where we're speaking from. That is just after midnight, 51 minutes a.m. So, of course, from if you're on the East Coast or over in Hawaii, three hours before or after, it'll it'll be accordingly different. There's also the spring equinox and the solstice. The solstice is the time of light when it's either in the winter the least amount of light or in the summer the most amount of light in December about the 21st and about June 21st. And it's these four elemental light upon earth, which there's many why this all happens, but they're really the calendar of the times and really the directional seasons of our whole zodiac. But that can be discussed at one time or another. But tonight, we are discussing this particular moment on happening in a couple of days. And my guest tonight is June Rose Trimbach. And June spoke back in May of 2018, in the very beginning. And you can find that archive on Podcast One because all the podcasts are through the iTunes podcast one now or else just go to talk cosmos or 1150 kknw and you'll see all the info there for the archives or on talk cosmos you'll find june's bio but june's an astrologer and healer and she uses ancient cosmology compassionately awakening the connections to the spiritual june does consultations and healing work privately or in groups she teaches And she herself hosts Hollow Earth Radio and also does oracular ceremonies. And her particular website is hollowearthradio.org. And she's going to be updating her bio, which will be, and she can also comment. June, do you have any other uh, social media? Yeah. Um, yeah, my website's actually junerosastrology.com and Hollow Earth Radio is a great 
radio station local in Seattle. Unfortunately, I'm not doing my show through them anymore, but they're still a great place to listen to music. And um, But yeah, my website is junerosastrology.com. So that's the best place to... Super. Okay. You know. <laughs> well, that will be on the website. We'll get this all clarified. Yes, this is quite... Uh, equinox moment that we're preparing for in that of course the energies are happening now so much and of course the sun is right at that cardinal's point of zero degrees and it's in this amazing t-square as we call it where it's a very powerful moment of tension with with uh, energies which are all cardinal that want action you know, between the Libra, between the um, Capricorn South Node and the North Node in Cancer. So I know you've thought a lot about this, and you had brought up about how Saturn recently is direct. But I think first we wanted to talk a little bit about the Libra, whole energy about choice perhaps, and the fact that Essentially, as we begin to continue talking about the Libra, well, the equinox energies, that it really gets down to making these choices among ourselves about how we balance life and about our relationships and whether we're going to see the darkness or the light in something. You know, it's that connection that, that what we see is pretty much what we get. So, yeah. Yeah, I think the solstices and the equinoxes are like the turning points of the year. They're kind of like the four great spokes of the zodiac. And, you know, Libra, where we're at right now, is one of those. And so I think, yeah, it's a turning point in the sun cycle, right? And, you know, it's so so dramatically shifting uh, the light this time of year and there's a lot to do with light and shadow play and shadow and you know Libra is that time in the northern hemisphere where we're moving into a time of greater night and a time of greater darkness and so it's an important um, transition point in the year, of course. And Libra is a really interesting sign because there's so many, um, yeah, there's different angles we can look at it. Like there's the theme of justice associated with Libra and the theme of law and balance. And Libra people, you know, are often really interested in the social order of things. In a way, it's a very relationship-oriented sign, which I know is a way that you often talk about Libra, right? This connection to other people. Um, but it's also, you know, the greater community, and it's it's kind of, it's both, you know, it's the balance between self and other. Yeah. And, yeah, and so... Well, no, this is perfectly... You've totally encapsulated Libra in just enough way to kind of uh, work because amazingly it, it is a Libra cardinal point but I love the fact that you brought up 
in a conversation here, and it was like how to present this complex whole energy that we're experiencing. But Saturn, which is in its own sign of Capricorn and, of course, potently attached to the energies of the South Node and Pluto, but it just recently went direct. Yes. It's very interesting because Saturn is the exaltation ruler of Libra, which just means that when Saturn is in Libra, um, Saturn is treated as, you know, held up on high. And you have that sense of the social laws and like the sense of law and order and Saturn in that um, tradition sense, you know, the sense of this is the way we've done things. This is how we hold up our society and ourselves. And this is how we hold ourselves accountable. It's very Saturn. And it's Libra to a certain extent. Then you also have the Venusian side of Libra where you have that more relational side that is concerned with keeping people happy, right? Like keeping the population happy. It's a sense of, you know, if we're going to come together as a civilization and as people, what are the things that really matter for our connection? And so, yes, Saturn just went direct. And I do want to talk about that in just a second. But we have this interesting relationship between Venus and Saturn in their relationship to Libra, which just means how are we going to, you know, the Venusian side of getting along and the Saturnian side of these sort of higher laws of justice and tradition. And these are all very Libra things. And then the fact that we actually have Venus in Libra um, on the equinox um, in a hard aspect to Saturn. So they're staring each other down essentially across the sky. They're both like, they're look, looking at it. They're in a conversation, right? So, and then the Saturn and Capricorn bit, which now we can kind of move into talking about that. And it's very, um, this is like a, an energy we've had for a long time, right? We've had Saturn and Capricorn since December, 2017. And it will be in Capricorn until December 2020. So it's a three-year period, right? And we've just gone through um, months of Saturn being retrograde, right? So Saturn went retrograde at the end of April, April 30th. And then Saturn goes direct, is direct September 19th, 2019. So this sense of all of the Saturnian work that we've done the past few months is there's a transition in it. Half and year. so, yeah. And so, you know, what is Saturnian work? And, you know, a lot of it does have to do with what we, you know, what I was mentioning of tradition and responsibility and, and holding things up and um, being under some sort of, wait to perform to a certain extent whether it's morally like physically and materially in the world um, but then we have saturn with the south node which is all about cleansing and purging and letting go and so we have this deep sense of loss in another sense 
And with Pluto also being there, it adds to that sense of loss and the sense of some kind of relationship to the underworld, to death to a certain extent. And there's been a lot, a lot of, a lot of letting go and loss. And so, you know, it's a really good time to reflect on what you've let go of. And especially while Saturn's been retrograde, it's just been like kind of a deep, almost depleting energy, but also kind of prompting us to really feel sort of the hollowness in some ways of, you know, of life, you know, and kind of tune into that underworld kind of energy. And certain people have more of an affinity with that side of things than others, but it's it's been really interesting but now with saturn going direct it's like taking all of that sort of baggage that we've been shedding and thinking okay how am i going to move forward with and this it's with good. this wisdom maybe that i've gained yeah it's good timing because it's you know when a when it's away from the sun mercury which we're also talking about with well i mean you've brought up Venus, but there is this con- Mercury and Venus are right together, and they're both in this tension-oriented square with Saturn, and so it's Mercury is now fourteen degrees away, meaning it's away from the beams, meaning that it can have action. We can see our thoughts really, mm. and it makes me think. Concrete came up when you were mentioning about Saturn. You know, that we're trying to figure out really like what, because there have been loss. I mean, when it's a south node with Capricorn, that is definitely where we're letting go. And in Capricorn, it's like deconditioning. And you were speaking of purging. I'm just sort of tying some of this together in my own mind here. And purging really, you know, if, if one lets go, it's how do we look at things do we look at them really spiritually or do we look them like oh we had a material loss or a reflection on ourselves? like you say it's totally a very um, individual process how we cope or manage some of these huge changes that it's it's offering us at this time you know to to look at yes yes and just for people listening you know, if you have Capricorn, Cancer, Libra, or Aries um, in your chart, you've been really getting this energy, especially, you know, um, especially Cancer, Capricorn. And and so it might be interesting to reflect on that and, and think about the ways, yeah, that things might start moving forward again right now. I mean, maybe there were events that transpired this last week, right? Because, you know, um, this whole period around the 19th is very active, you know, the um, the whole couple weeks around it. And so it's kind of like, you know, what's happened? You know, have there been major shifts in some way? And that can kind of give you a clue into, you know, how Saturn is, is working for you. Um, 
Saturn how you're does. working for Saturn yeah. as well. Yeah. It's so true because Saturn likes goals. It wants to, rather than work on the fears, it really wants to climb that mountain and and accomplish things. You know, it has authority and ultimate mastery, which don't happen immediately. It needs all these elements to kind of guide it through. And when you mentioned those other signs, just for people too, those are cardinal signs, so they want action. And especially if if you have ener- uh, degrees in your chart about, well, it's 21 here, so give it a good eight degrees, five degrees, or maybe even more general. Yes, yeah, Saturn really has. But there was another element to Saturn that I'm really glad you brought up. And, and I bring this to point because we did chat earlier. It's such a huge subject. And it was that, well, unless you're not finished with, well, I'm thinking, okay, but I'll go ahead with it. And that's the Anticia, which really also relates to, well, solstice points. And it is because with there's a relationship here between Saturn and in Jupiter. Yeah. Well, that's true, but also I think you were bringing up Saturn and uh, Mercury, that it's square in Libra. Oh, yes. Yeah, I mean, it's just incredible how all of this, I mean, you have, yeah. So, and, and I'll just mention that Anticia, which is A-N, is it, uh, anyways, A-N-T-I-S-I-C-I-A, and generally, it's a, oh, maybe a forecasting point in a way, but it's a mirror or a shadow mm. idea. And this is just for the public here listening. And it's a shadow of that planet. And it's to another, and it relates to another planet. And it brings events that are covert in the shadow that are not evident. So that. It reveals things that aren't readily apparent. Yes. Yes, it's it's all this, like, shadow light play, you know, and that's kind of how the equinox always feels, you know, and... I love you that. You know, because at the summer solstice, you have this just extreme light, and you're kind of blinded by it. And in the winter solstice, you have this um, sort of, you know, it's this very, very long night in darkness. Um, but then you also have this sort of sense of like the rebirth of the sun, you know, at the winter solstice, the sense that the sun's coming back. And then the spring equinox is really a celebration of the, the full sort of return of the, spring, of the sun and the light and that sort of moving into greater light. But right now, you know, in the Northern Hemisphere anyway, we're moving into that that darkness, right? And this is that balance point. And the cardinal signs, you know, directly relate. I mean, they are these turning points of the year. And so there's always this strong um, sort of relationship between shadow and light that's sort of a given at this at these times of years. And it's just like a, a yearly cycle, right? Yes. But when you have um, you know, these other, this other Antitia relationship, it kind of 
you know, being activated by the sun at this time, right? Because the sun's right there on that cardinal axis and Saturn and Jupiter are equally distant from each other from the cardinal axis, right? So they are doing a mirroring effect, right? And it creates this balance of shadow and light. And <laughs> just to take it a step further, like, you know, they sort of have this important relationship with each other that comes through as the sun activates and as we move into fall. And the equinox chart, just to say this, like it sets the tone for the whole season. So we can look at the chart itself and say, this says something about the next three months and because it's sort of setting a tone, right? So Saturn and Jupiter making this, being in Antitia, that really also has that high contrast thing where Saturn and Capricorn to do with loss, tradition, structure, um, this sort of wisdom that comes from a barren kind of state. So stripping down, the stripping down of things in order to come to some sort of peace with the world and peace with life and peace with yourself and uh, contrasted with you know Jupiter and Sagittarius which has this very abundant very um, expansive quality of course that's one of the main words used to describe Jupiter but you know this kind of thing that's it's really calling to us to open up and to grow and to appreciate life and find hope and find meaning and it you know there's this kind of exciting pull right of Jupiter being there and so the two of them kind of mirroring each other kind of shows us um, I mean I think it's actually quite constructive it seems like it could actually be very good for just having enough hope and having enough realism in order to really kind of move forward where wherever you're at right now. And again, that sense of Saturn stationing direct and moving forward again, we still have the complications of the South Node and then Pluto. So moving forward, you know, in sort of in whatever area of life Saturn's prompting you to grow in. And again, just looking back on the last couple of weeks can give you a good sense of that. Um, that might still come with well, the uh, last six months for that matter i mean sure it's been a long yeah. as you had brought up a long retrograde for six months a lot of energies and saturn's been moving with the south node that whole time was which is actually release, really rare release. um yeah, they just happen to line up um because right the south node always moves backwards and saturn um you know does once once a year for five months or so um but yeah the saturn south node thing that they've just been moving together i mean it's really draining it's kind of like we've all been under this sort of endurance test and it can feel very um i think it can feel sort of fragmenting in a certain way or just sort of it's like really um i mean it it, it pulls us down into our center i think to a certain extent and it uh you know, there's grief and there's loss. I mean, we all have these things like inside of ourselves. So when this gets active, it's just like, 
Well, it's kind of brutal. Like, well, there is complexity here, and I, I'm totally yeah. in, in, in agree in many terms because, first of all, if we just think of Capricorn, that's like definitely the institutions that we've, the conditioning that we've structured ourselves around, and it takes a lot to break down the walls, the four corners. And then on the other side of it, where we're headed towards, we're integrating, in other words. I mean, just as far as just the times that we're in, because is the Norse note of cancer, and that's everything to do with emotions. And it both of them relegate everything about the past, but one is more, um, abs- well, Capricorn is with devoid of the emotion, whereas the, the cancer is subjected totally to our story of the emotion and so it is particularly uh, and when retrograde it's always a matter of returning so it's just re-emphasized in every direction that we go so it has been a a tedious or or whatever affair to let go of things but then again Mm -hmm. like you're bringing this whole energy of of jupiter which also each of these signs are being affected by other energies, too, in the chart and in life. But it does bring up this forward, progressive, envisioning, expansive dimension to kind of counterbalance. Yeah. No, I I mean, I I see that happening. Like the sense of Saturn, South Node, Pluto being a certain, certainly like, testing our hope like it can feel hopeless it does it you know it takes us down into that real pit you know and people can think back to the eclipses in july and a lot of people really struggled with that at that time and versus you know the jupiter which is really aiding us in finding hope right now and i just want to say like i lo- you've said this twice now but this deconditioning mm. um thing with saturn and the south node i think that's really interesting because I have been seeing that a lot in the world around me and just in my own life and it's difficult to let go of those things that feel so ingrained and that are in your in your body you know through even your ancestral experience Mm -hmm. and working with the ancestors is I mean, I just, I just see it everywhere I go now, it seems like, and part, that's partially my own life and my own involvement with ancestral work, but I, I just see so many people doing it right now. So many people healing, healing ancestral trauma. And I, you know, and it's, it's amazing to see all the work that's being done around that. And that's a beneficial uh, comment right there, June, because the sun zero degrees Libra for the equinox, which it always is, is opposite Chiron in Aries at two point and right next to it. And of course, here in Seattle, where we are located, and that's where from astrologers viewpoint, how it's perceived is wherever the astrologers are. So it's right at the mid heaven energy. And so it would really be a major healing if that sort of encompasses the whole prospect. Well, June and I will return shortly after this brief announcement. This is with June Trimbach for Talk Cosmos, talking about the equinox coming up in just a few days. 
Thank you. We'll be right back. take a break from this week's edition of Talk Cosmos, let's take a look at this cycle's archetype. We are currently in the yin period of Virgo. By leaving a cycle based on the creative manifested legacy of our highest creative form, the energy of Virgo completes the last sign below the horizon of the self and requires discernment to perfect oneself through the mental process of critical analysis. As a mutable earth sign duly ruled by Mercury, Virgo refines heals, or fixes through daily routines, developing skills and services to control nature's chaos and maximize efficiency. This is Carol Dimitrov, intuitive astrologer, and you're listening to Talk Cosmos on Alternative Talk, 1150 AM, where we unveil astrology's ancient archetypes that continually build the collective experiences in our unconsciousness. Bored with the other stations, hammering away on the same old talking points? Try Alternative Talk 1150 and get some variety. Hi again. This is Talk Cosmos giving you that variety. And I'm speaking with June Rose Trimbach. And we're talking about the equinox in two days at zero degrees Libra. And we were just bringing up some different points and we had just mentioned about the cardinal sun at zero degrees opposite Chiron in respect to June mentioning about the deep healing people are doing by going to their ancestral roots, which is so evident with the, the nodes and all these strong energies associated with it. I mean, right now the moon is conjunct the north node, its ruler in this chart, and also... The, the rulers of the nodes are effect, are conjunct the nodes. But the point being that Chiron, which I threw out and I thought I wanted to just briefly illuminate on, was the wounded healer, unable to heal his own wounds, but yet could give service and healed himself that way. It's a very strong archetype, but the fact is, is that everybody has a healing process and so somehow this entire three-month period, which continues on to the solstice, has this energy, which is ultimately helpful and in the process, a task <laughs> of depth. <laughs> mm. Mm, yes. Oh, about shadow. It's so fascinating. I was just listening to Richard Smoot, who's with ESAR a lot, but this was on organizational professional astrology. If you're a member, you get a weekly presentation, and he was talking Anticia also, and it's online. If somebody wants to just look up OPA, organizational professional astrology, it's right there, this wonderful article, and he was saying that Jung, Carl Jung, said the shadow person, because this is part of the healing process, and what we were just talking about, Anticia, where one planet relates to the other one showing its shadow that may not be so evident, that Jung says the shadow personifies everything that the subject refuses to acknowledge about their self. Mm. 
and yet it's always thrusting itself upon the person directly or indirectly. And so it's a, it, it really does relate so much with the whole element of, of light. But here, since we've brought up some of the, the energies, but there's also Neptune involved, which interestingly can be such an imaginative planet that we depend on almost to dream and reach beyond. But in this case, because it has the antitia, I mean, perhaps because it has the antitia of Mercury, which is in Libra, and that relationship with Pisces, I mean, these are exact. And this is when, well, we won't go into the complexities of it. You can Google and find out more about how you find out what's antitia. But it could be that deception part, that hidden part, in other words, of what we're thinking, or like you had said, propaganda or misinformation. Mm. So it is really a strong... Yeah, mm-hmm. because on the one hand, we have Mercury recently just emerged from the beams of the sun. Mercury is coming out after having spent some time in the underworld and has this message for us, right? So the equinox carries this energy of very important or just information in general um, coming coming to light. But then we also have the fact that Mercury squares Saturn, which sometimes leads us to question, um, you know, if the information is truthful or not. And we also have Mercury in that Antitia relationship with Neptune, which really brings in the question of, you know, is this, is, you know, Neptune is an interesting thing, right? Because it has to do with, sure, illusion and disillusionment, and therefore, you know, sort of lies and hysteria and, you know, imaginings that can be almost like hallucinations or something or just like Neptune um, you know has this ability to really draw us into whatever our own like self-deception is and then it will sort of sometimes it spits us out the other side and you know we come to and you know and we learn something about ourselves but this sense of you know Mercury Neptune it just calls us to question question the information and the facts that we sort of tell ourselves or sort of um, in our, you know, and sort of question our perceptions about the world and how do we really see things? And, you know, is it, is it possible we may be, you know, a victim of fantasy in some way? Like we all deceive ourselves in certain ways. And so it's not like a judgment thing, but I think it just calls us to kind of reflect because if we're willing to see how something might have been in our own imagination, you know, then we can learn to be more honest with ourselves and, and kind of, you know, learn to be, you know, just see the world more clearly. You know, you know what I'm thinking here, trying to put together, synthesize some of these energies? Because with the thinking planet, Mercury, with the planet of no boundaries, which is Neptune, and of the greater cosmos of, of, of spirit, then, I mean, poetry, music, all that's great for it. 
but it does mean that it's nonlinear thinking. But yet when it's associated with, um, with Saturn, which it is in a couple of ways, because then it all t- keeps reflecting back and forth. I mean, Neptune is square Jupiter, and Saturn is square... I mean, these are in tension with Mercury, but then those two, but but both of them are Antissia. In other words, Neptune with 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 Mercury and Saturn with Jupiter. So, and we'd commented before among ourselves, but so on one hand, you have this elusive thought pattern that that maybe is best by looking at spirit. How does spirit work in with it? And then you have more of the concrete. Uh, philosophical concept of sort of like practice and theory, but using the, the key must be because when I'm thinking, okay, the key one key is to use spirit in our life practice because it is spirit is uh, where we have to look at the experiences and unknown in different ways as it comes across our life. But the other is that you were bringing up about, I'm trying to remember exactly, but the, uh, the miscon- how we may have thought of things not so well, however that goes, could be in reflection to how our perspective was, mm-hmm. as Jupiter's a lot with perspective, about the past. Mm-hmm. Or about the things that we attach ourselves to, because right. this whole the nodal energy and and the fact that the rulers of the nodes, the moon with the Cancer and the Saturn with the you know mm-hmm. uh, right Capricorn plus transformational let go purge what doesn't work for us anymore that has its phase out Pluto, which mm-hmm. associated with death or the letting go of one phase to the next. I mean either literal or not. Some people get very sensitive about, oh, gosh, death. But no, it can be just the ending of an era. Sure. It can be like the death tarot card, which some people say is like one of the best cards to get because (laughs) it just shows like things are things are changing and there will be a new beginning. Soul growth. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And. Yeah, it's because they all end up sort of in relationship with each other and Mercury is really setting this off and then Venus will set it off and then the sun will set it off um, throughout the month. So if you think about Libra season, um, you have all these Libra planets moving through, which will activate these planets that are, you know, in this interior relationship with each other throughout the month. So it'll, you know, it'll be for the next few weeks, but I love how you're, um, weaving these things together. And I think, you know, yes, they are all very related. The Neptune, Saturn, and Jupiter, you know, and Saturn's in relationship, you know, sextile Neptune, Neptune square Jupiter, um, and then Jupiter and Saturn are Antisha each other. So they're all, you know, talking to each other, and then the Libra planets set them off. But yeah, Neptune, I remember reading early on in studying astrology. And I think that this is true that um, I forget who, where I read this, but yeah, Neptune being holding our fears too, because Neptune is our imagination and it is spirit. But, you know, if you go to, you know, something, a, a 
you know, neo animist uh, workshop where you're doing journeying or something like that, or if you're going to a more traditional ceremony, you know, and you, or if you're just in your room trying to connect with spirit, sometimes there's scary things that come up, right? And they're kind of a lot of the time it's, it is our own fear and it is our, you know, these things inside of us that we've kind of like pushed away that kind of come up and, and it's true working with spirit. And, and that just means um, it's something that you have to cultivate, but you can ask spirits, spirit for assistance to help you. And if you're in a state, if you're willing to pray and like, you know, call out for some kind of clarity to come. And I think this is, this is where Neptune can really help us is if we're willing to enter into a state like that, which not everyone is, and that's totally fine. But, um, you know, spirit can aid us in the sense if we reach out to the good, if we reach out to the true, you know, in whatever way, if we open our lives to that in some kind of manner, some level of devotion, whatever that may be, it can start to shift things, which kind of means you, you like lose your attachment to some of those fears, right? And it Ooh, yeah. happens sort of slowly over time, but it's, and, and I think that really relates to the Saturn South Node Pluto, which is also really digging, having us dig deep into our, to our psyches to a certain extent to decondition, like you said, and and connect with our ancestors and connect with the dead and connect with the dead parts of ourselves or the part of ourselves that are ready to die. Like, you know, in the sense of just like, there's certain parts of ourselves that are like, you know, just like ready to kind of yes go to sleep for a while or just like become you know, compost. Just... <laughs> I mean, I'm thinking yeah. of like leaves. And we kind of, witness that like I feel like Saturn is so much about witnessing and stillness and like mm. like being willing to sit with the feeling of loss and sit with the feeling of these that's a these good dark point. things that are coming up that's a good point frankly no, often Capricorn <laughs> says that it's not with feeling but yet the fact is it's like it's at the one of the last you know the tenth sign and Aquarius, we know, is detachment, but being able to sit with something and just hold it and observe it is so important. And I was thinking, too, it's like getting through fears is sometimes knowing what to ask. It's what kind of question, because the whole emphasis with Libra is choice. You know, what we notice and what we look at, because it is a matter of looking for the light in the darkness at this time particularly, but it makes that connection, and it awakens whatever we see something inside. And in a sense, what we see is what we're going to, what we awaken and notice is what we're going to see more of. So in it, by asking other questions, I know with tarot too, a lot of times it's like, what's best for my highest good or whatever. So it's in any way that a person you know, I'm just commenting about that thought. Mm. And I'm also thinking, too, right now, there are so many planets in their own native sign. I mean, we have Neptune yes. in Pisces. I mean, this might be a time where, as far as clarity, as far as the conversation we're getting between the parts of these energies are really 
definitely see they don't need a filter. They're talking their language, whether we understand it or not. But it's Neptune in Pisces, Saturn in Capricorn, uh, Venus in Libra. I mean, she rules two signs, but still in her own sign. And then the moon in, in, in Cancer. So it's just incredible that, mm. yeah, these, um, the strengths of that. And when you bring up attachments, I'm thinking it's really intriguing because North Node in Cancer, North Node of, to other folks, is there are nodes that are attached to the moon. They're 18 months. We're about halfway in between. Right now they're at 15 degrees or right midway. We have another nine months to go. And so we're, we're, reaching to integrate those emotions, but they are of the past. They are of our childhood or else of our ancestral lineage of a very core of us. But what I'm thinking is it must be a matter of what to attach ourselves to. You know, like what, we have a choice here. We can grow with it. and It does take a lot of courage. It takes and I think, too, ultimately, the idea that life has, that there is a way through, you know, that one step, like when you said about these different moments where it gets re-triggered, I thought, well, that's good, because then there's like little, like a ladder, reminds me of a ladder, you know, where little steps to look about and review what it looks like and feels like. Yeah, I mean, there was, there's a lot there. There's a lot here, up right now, you could say. Yeah, I think that that moon in Cancer on the north node is really interesting. You know, it's it's right there, you know, um, aspecting Saturn, Pluto, south node. And I mean, yeah, that to me says that there is this, real opportunity to grow into something you know the moon in cancer it's such a fertile thing it's such a growth oriented thing i mean and then with the north node especially it's just this sense that you know wherever cancer is and you're in your chart we do have this opportunity to move and grow into it and and with Jupiter and Sagittarius as well, like there are things that are calling us that have abundance that, you know, where we can show ourselves and we can celebrate the abundance of other people or we can celebrate the abundance of this part of our life. And it doesn't negate the fact that we're also shedding a lot and we're also maybe hurting a lot to some extent and facing some deep things, but that doesn't mean that there aren't also these very um, exciting things happening this season. And so, yeah, I think that's really huge. And I, I love seeing it like this. And just to talk a little bit more about the Jupiter-Neptune square, sometimes we have to be willing to be disappointed by life in order to fully participate and engage and be fulfilled if that makes sense like oh yes if i can just interject briefly maurice fernandez that i've studied with and wrote a book on neptune he he often says that you know in the innocence of neptune in the very beginning that 
it is what you've said is so important that things aren't necessarily so perfect. We might get stung by a bee. We might, um, worse things can happen. But then once one accepts it, then you can see reality. I think it gets back to that right now, you know, emphasizing the importance of Saturn can go on. Like you say, what's the truth of it? Is this what you're saying? Mm -hmm. A little bit? Uh, Yeah, and I think it's going to be really interesting next year when Jupiter moves into Capricorn and we lose that balancing edge. Um, And we're kind of really fully submerged, you know, in that Capricornian story. And so I, I, just to add on a little bit, just like the next few months are the last few months that we'll have Jupiter and Sagittarius and Jupiter is direct. And so I think be, you know, maybe look to those areas of life that you are grateful for now and enjoy them. Like if they are connected to Jupiter and Sagittarius for you, um, because, you know, things might shift a bit. And then we're really going to be in, um, you know, deeper territory in terms of that deconditioning and systemic social issues. And um, yeah, just the thought about the next few months and how, yeah, we have that supporting us. Well, you brought up a good point here about when Jupiter, I, I was just now researching it on my computer to find out exactly when, okay, December 2nd, 2019, and at 10.20 in the morning here in the Pacific Coast, Jupiter will go into Capricorn. So Mm -hmm. you're right. We have, like this is September, we have October, November, two months, which there's so many, which is part of this whole energy before the solstice. So it's really pertinent. Again, that relationship that it'll have to Saturn. And I've just been notified, and by notified, I mean with my wonderful sound director here, engineer director, that a few minutes. So I just want to, before we close, we still have about five minutes, but that next week on the 28th, we will actually be past the equinox, but we will be speaking with Jane DeForest. And Jane DeForest is an author of Love Never Dies. And she's from Oregon. She's a medium and an astrologer and also works a great deal with chakras. And we, too, will be talking about the autumnal equinox, but more on light energy, something that I know is right up uh, June's alley, so to speak. But it's another dimension and that will continue this conversation because it's such a potent time. And tonight I am speaking with June Rose Trimbach and her website is juneroseastrology.com. You can certainly find her on Talk Cosmos and you can see our archives through Podcast One. You can subscribe through iTunes. Many exciting changes. And we are repeating this show on Thursday coming up, which is today is the 21st, so that would be the 26th on Thursday at 6 o'clock in the morning. So June and I will have a few minutes here to finish up our conversation 
in the sign of, well, we're still in Virgo, but we're closely reaching Libra and the equinox when light is absolutely at that balance point of light and darkness with all these really strong energies to to continue. As you had said, there's a ladder, almost a ladder of moments where this energy is going to repeat, reminding us mm-hmm. of, of kind of looking at, and I think maybe we looking at the whole thing, going back to Saturn and Jupiter, that amazing relationship that they have, toggling with their antithesias, as we said, of light and darkness, of the same, but in other each other's signs and connected to each other. I mean, it's really a strong feature. That it is helping us direct, sort of like practice. I don't know if it's practice what we preach or making theory out of practice. If yes. No, oh, that definitely feels right. It, oh, good. Yeah. Yeah, I know, because it, there's something so, you know, materially focused about Saturn, and then it's just these, like, looking at these difficult aspects of the material world, just the fact that things, um, people, you know, people, things die. Um, we have attachment to them, yet we have to live without them sometimes whatever it is whatever part of life right yes um but it's still saturn and capricorn there's still this sense of what can we create with this world mm-hmm. right we are here we are embodied you know and there's a whole history of things behind us pushing us towards certain things and sometimes we need to you know release some of those connections right but we are here to build and Jupiter is here to, you know, remind us, you know, that there's a bigger world outside of us and, you know, and together we're stronger and, and all of that Jupiter, just like connection that it brings. And, and Neptune is here, you know, kind of asking us to look at sorrow, look at our own deceptions and look at the way We've lied to ourselves and try to see the world more clearly for what it really is. Um, And all these Libra planets asking us about what is justice and what is balance for ourselves and for others. And I just want to say quickly, Venus is also returning to the evening sky. So look for Venus in the West. Venus will be in Libra. That's a beautiful, beautiful thing. So... Enjoy that. Oh, perfect. <laughs> June, thank you. I think we're right at closing. And it's been fantastic. We have a fantastic audience, and you are really special. You pulled it perfectly. I'm ready now to see the light in the darkness <laughs> as it moves. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me on. Okay. Thank you for listening to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and guests unveil astrology's ancient archetypes that continually build the collective experiences in our unconsciousness. Be sure to tune in next Saturday at 6 p.m. to continue finding your roots in the stars.